National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. This weekend, the Universal Church celebrates Divine Mercy Sunday. Pope John Paul dedicated the second Sunday of Easter to the Feast of Mercy in 2000 at the canonization of the Polish religious sister, St. Faustina Kowalska. And since then, devotion has grown tremendously. Today on Register Radio, Register writers Matt McDonald and Loretta Brown talk about the growth of Divine Mercy devotion, as well as some ways to partake in this feast day's greatest offerings. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and your host here on Register Radio. The Divine Mercy devotion is based, at least in part, on the writings of Sister Faustina, who lived in, from 1905 to 1938 in Poland. And many people have now heard of her very thick 600-page diary, Divine Mercy in My Soul. This was a recording of her private conversations with Christ over about four years of her life. And in those conversations, there were many revelations revealed about God's mercy and many things that uh, Christ, according to Sister Faustina, wanted to happen in the world and, and in devotion to his mercy. And so many of those things have now happened. One thing that I'll mention is that in that diary, Christ said to Sister Faustina, I want to grant complete pardon to the souls that will go to confession and receive Holy Communion on the Feast of My Mercy. And this is basically the opportunity for a plenary indulgence. And in 2002, the Church endorsed this promise that Christ made to Sister Faustina and said that all of us could receive a plenary indulgence on this feast under certain conditions. And here are those conditions. So I wanted to start our show just giving you this opportunity. So this is what must be done. Celebrate the Feast of Divine Mercy on the Sunday after Easter. That's this Sunday. Be sincerely repentant of our sins. Place our complete trust in Jesus not easy to do, but it's a must. Go to sacramental confession, prefer, preferably that Sunday or in, in the days preceding or right after. Also receive Holy Communion and venerate the divine mercy image. And finally, be merciful to others. So here in the United States, the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception have been dedicated to spreading this mercy uh, the Marian Fathers are located in Massachusetts, and they have a beautiful shrine there, the, the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, nestled in the Berkshire Hills. So we asked at the register our, I, I guess, our resident Massachusetts, uh, our Bay State uh, uh, resident, uh, to tell us about the growth of this uh, devotion over the years. So we are joined by Matt McDonald, our staff reporter who lives in Massachusetts. Welcome, Matt. Hi, Jeanette. So long introduction, but I really want to give people the opportunity to experience divine mercy, not just hear about how it's grown. I was first introduced to this, I think, in the early 90s through my parents and our youth group. It was, I think I was receiving my confirmation and somebody gave me the diary. Um, it, it made an impact. Uh, what about you? Do you remember about when you first learned of it? Yeah, it was the late 90s, and at the time I was working for the Register, National mm -hmm, Catholic Register, nice. <laughs> and I was assigned to review the diary, which had just been published in English, or a version of it published in English. 
I was also assigned around that time to do a story about whether someday in the future there could be a thing called Divine Mercy Sunday. And there were pros and cons, pluses and minuses, people on both sides. And then the Pope uh, surprised everyone on Divine Mercy Sunday, the first one, by saying, today is it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great story. And it was in 2000, as I mentioned, that he he announced that. Uh, I was at the canonization of St. Faustina. Wow. Uh, yes, when he made that announcement. It was it was beautiful. I was studying in Rome at the time. Uh and it and so it's actually been a, a relatively short amount of time that this devotion has been percolating throughout the world. Uh I mean, that was 23 years ago, right? Um of course, each pope since Pope John Paul, um Benedict and uh, uh Pope Francis has helped to make this this day celebrated, right? Pope Francis has actually made missionaries of mercy to help spread divine mercy. But in your, uh, in your story, for your story, uh, you have been looking at this growth. Uh, It's very small beginnings um, and to what it is now. What have you found? Well, so it's only 45 years in modern times since the devotion has been illicit in the church. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, it was suppressed by the Vatican from 1959 to 1978 because of a faulty translation of Sister Faustina's diary. Among other things, there was a inaccurate understanding that Sister Faustina was somehow saying that mercy came from Sister Faustina and not from Jesus. That's not what she said. But that's the translation they had. And because Poland was under communist rule, it was difficult in Rome to get a good translation. So... For close to 20 years, the devotion was suppressed. It became unsuppressed in 1978. And in that period of time, it's astonishing how much it's grown, just, for instance, at the Divine Mercy Shrine in Stockbridge, Massachusetts, which is an extreme western Massachusetts. It's, about, it's one town over from the New York State border. Beautiful place called Eden Hill, um, high up. Among other things, it's the only place in town where you can get a reliable cell phone connection. So it's popular just just to drive up to the parking lot and get a cell phone connection. But it's about 350 acres, which the Marian Fathers have had since 1943. And they became the custodians of the Divine Mercy devotion just a couple years before that, in 1941. In the early 80s, when they were celebrating Divine Mercy liturgies, they could accommodate everybody in their chapel. It's a beautiful church, but only holds about 300 people. And they have a small parking area for employees of the shrine, and that was more than enough to accommodate everybody who was coming. By the year, fast forward to the year 2000, when Sister Faustina was canonized, they had 17,000 people wow. show up on that Divine Mercy Sunday. And in the years before the coronavirus, they were getting comparable numbers. Well, they're the same every year, but comparable numbers. Uh, which fell off to almost nothing during the virus, of course. This year is the first year they expect to have large numbers again, They're thinking maybe about 15,000 people based on the number of buses that are coming and the number of people who have already said that they're coming. Yeah, that's great that it's returning. And you have you have found that it's not just people... I mean, who's coming? I guess that, that, that's a better way to say it. Who's Who's actually coming to the shrine, uh, both on Divine Mercy Sunday... Uh, but also throughout the year, because it's a popular place for pilgrimage throughout the year. 
It's a good point. Um, they have daily masses every day of the year, and including a unique 2 p.m. mass every day, which mm-hmm. leads into the Chapel of Divine Mercy at 3 o'clock, which is the Hour of Mercy, and confessions after that. It's a pretty busy place year-round, aside from Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, the times that I've been there, about a half dozen times, there have been uh, plenty of people in the chapel, plenty of people strolling around the grounds, which themselves are, are gorgeous. Um, as far as Divine Mercy Sunday goes, the buses come typically from the northeast, from as far south as Maryland, as far north as Maine. There's a fair number of people actually who come from the Montreal area in Canada, come down for Divine Mercy Sunday. Before the virus, they had a few parishes coming all the way from Florida, which is well more than a thousand miles, mm-hmm. for Divine Mercy Sunday. And at one point before the virus, a group showed up from the Philippines wow. for the day. So they flew from Manila to New York, somehow made it to Stockbridge, which is a few hours from New York City. And uh, they were asked when they came, oh, so what else are you doing when you're in the United States? What else are you going to see? Oh, nothing. We're oh, really? Going home tomorrow. So they just oh, came for Divine Mercy Sunday, which when you think about it, is worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is... It's it's hard for me, you know, I have been through so many places throughout Europe, um, so many shrines, um, ancient ones, really, right? Very old um, places. And it's sometimes hard to understand uh, a new place like this, right, to have such an impact on people. Um, but that, there you go. I mean, that that is a, a very serious impact that someone would come uh, from halfway around the world um, to to celebrate this day, and it's it's got to be one of the largest celebrations of Divine Mercy. But of course, many of us can now experience um, a real celebration of Divine Mercy in our own parishes. I mean, I know that my parish. Uh, will will display the image of Jesus that uh, Sister Faustina uh, created um, that represents the the mercy of God um, and and it's there on, on on divine mercy Sunday for us to venerate and there, there's there is a, a much effort being made for people to participate in the novena that starts on Good Friday and lasts to divine mercy Sunday so this is really remarkable um, worldwide, especially throughout the United States, countrywide celebration. In your conversations with the um, Marian Fathers, did they did they explain why um, the devotion has grown so much? Well, this is something that they've sponsored. Uh, they, they encourage parishes, knowing that they can't accommodate everybody. They've encouraged parishes for a number of years to have their own celebration of Divine Mercy Sunday. Parishes can obviously do this by themselves without the Marians, but the Marians have a structure for them, and a, a number of pastors have gotten into it over the years. I know that um, before I first became aware of Divine Mercy in the late 90s, I don't remember ever seeing the image of Divine Mercy. Mm-hmm. Now when I go into a church, I'm a little surprised if I don't see somewhere the Divine Mercy image, because it's, uh, it's grown so much. So I do want to let um, our listeners know that on EWTN, uh, you'd be familiar uh, if you watch regularly with uh, the Stockbridge Shrine, the the, Nas- uh, the National Shrine of Divine Mercy, because uh, the the Divine Mercy Chaplet that is sung on EWTN is is uh, from there. 
Um, and so it's a beautiful way to participate in uh, this Divine Mercy devotion. Uh, but this Sunday, they, they have tremendous offerings um, for us uh, on EWTN uh, related to Divine Mercy, uh, not only with the Marian Fathers there at the shrine, but uh, starting at 4 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> um, and that's Central Time, uh, you will find the Divine Mercy Sunday Mass from the Basilica of Divine Mercy in Krakow. At 8 a.m., there's a, a, a televised Mass in Irondale. At 10 a.m., that's uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Um, at 10 a.m., the Divine Mercy celebration uh, from one of the locations that Sister Faustina was uh, when she was in her convent there in, uh, it's now Lithuania, will be celebrated. And at noon, we will have the celebration of the Marian Fathers of Divine Mercy. There's a show uh, that would uh, be uh, basically a pre, uh, pre-show, <laughs> like a pre-mass, and then at 1.30 is the Mass. So I invite you to tune in to EWTN uh, for these Divine Mercy Sunday offerings, but also uh, to make a point at your own parish to venerate uh, this image. Matt, thanks so much uh, for your reporting on Divine Mercy and your help in spreading uh, the devotion. Thanks, Jeanette. When we come back, Register staff writer Loretta Brown will talk about the Sisters of Divine Mercy in their convent in Washington, D.C. This is Register Radio on EWTN. Stay tuned for more. Nearly a century, the National Catholic Register has been moving minds, moving hearts, moving souls, and enriching our readers' lives by spreading the truth of the gospel. Today, that tradition continues with award-winning journalism that goes beyond any secular news service while bringing much-needed light and clarity to the issues and events that affect you and your family's future, all with faithful and courageous reporting guided by the teachings of the Catholic Church. It's more important than ever to join Catholics who depend on the register. Get six free issues today online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN. Welcome back. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director of the National Catholic Register. And we have been talking about Divine Mercy because tomorrow is Divine Mercy Sunday. And this is really a great feast where our God offers us an opportunity to just be immersed in his love and his mercy, and he's given us some very concrete ways of doing so through Sister Faustina Kowalska. She was a part of a religious order in Poland in the 1930s. Uh, that order was called is called the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy. And I did not know, but I found out this week, that there's a convent of the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in the United States, actually in Washington, D.C. And in our quest this week to learn more about the growth of Divine Mercy devotion, uh, we contacted those sisters. Actually, it was Loretta Brown, our Washington, D.C. correspondent, who reached out. Hi, Loretta. Hi, Jeanette. 
So you were the one who brought this to my attention and to the attention of our editorial uh, group, the editors, and and told us about the, the convent there in Washington, and you thought, let's reach out and find out how they're doing. So who did you speak to? Yeah, so I spoke to Sister Inga with the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy, and um, you know, it's their their convent is in Maryland, just outside DC. But it is they serve the JP two shrine, um, okay. which is just this incredible shrine in DC. Um, it's kind of in in this area full of uh, Catholic landmarks near the Basilica, and you know, all these all these wonderful spots. But anyhow, yeah, they they came here about six years ago, and I was so excited to discover that they were in the area because yeah, it was just something I I hadn't realized either. But it was. Um, it was kind of a realization I discovered through through talking to, to Sister Inga that the Knights of Columbus were doing some work with the sisters and um, they they kind of realized, hey, uh, the the message of divine mercy is very central to St. John Paul II's whole mission, whole, Absolutely. you know, spirituality, everything, you know. So they decided to bring some of these sisters to the shrine to spread that message. And it's, it's so incredible. They do this hour of prayer at the shrine every day at three, um, which is part of the, the divine mercy devotions. They, they say the chapel of divine mercy. They also host, um, events for young people, um, which include, you know, prayer reflections and fellowship to just to, to emphasize this message of divine mercy and spread it to, to young people. And, um, yeah, so it's so incredible. It's actually, I guess it's their second um, location in the U.S. They also have a convent in, in Massachusetts. But um, it is, it's, it was really fascinating to talk about their work at the Shrine. And, and another part of that for me was learning just how central this was to the papacy of, of JP2. You know, I've been to the Shrine, you know, had been many times growing up, but... Um, to, to the really Shrine, see... which one? This, this yeah. one here? Yes, yes, the JP two shrine um, in DC. It's it's right across from the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in the city, right. and it's, um, it's right. So yeah, you had the, been to that that shrine many times growing up. I wanted to be sure because last uh, the last part of the show we we were talking about the shrine in uh, Stockbridge, um, but so right now we're talking about the JP two shrine in Washington DC, and you were you had gone there growing up. Um, and I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but what were you going to tell us about your experience? Well, yeah, it, it's a, a lovely shrine, and it's it's very moving. There's a lot of, uh, you know, talk of his work um, ending communism, you know, um, a lot of just these incredible teachings of his, and it, it's so moving. But one thing, really, the message of divine mercy, um, it, I mean, it, it was shown in the shrine. I think it, it has been probably since they opened. But the idea now to have these sisters physically there, and the sister even told me, she said, you know, we, we try to always be there. So if 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 tourist pilgrims even ask, like they want, maybe want to talk to us, have some spiritual discussions, like they're there um, right. to, to discuss that, which is incredible. And looking into the writings of, of JP2 and, and discussing it with Sister Inga as well, she she references these quotes from him and, and one of them was about he he even talked about he saw the message of divine mercy as a special task assigned from him from god for this present day and age um this situation of the church in the world now and 
and he saw that as, as vital. He talked about the day that he instituted um, Divine Mercy Sunday and canonized St. Faustina as the happiest day of his life. Um, and I mean, maybe maybe many of our, our listeners know, know a lot about this connection, but it was exciting for me to learn about how central that message was. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I mean, he is, he's really the great hope of mercy. He, he in fact died on uh, the vigil of the Feast of Divine Mercy uh, in April. Uh, in 2005, so April 2nd, 2005, um, after the vigil mass. And I didn't know this, but as I was prepping um, for this conversation, I read that his his last message, the message that was prepared to be delivered on Divine Mercy Sunday on his behalf, was actually read the next day at St. Peter's at, at Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, and, and it was in that that he reassured that the Lord offers his pardon, his reconciliation, and, and opens, reopens our many hearts, our hearts to love. And, and so his last, his last words um, that were written for us, um, Pope John Paul II's last words, were words of divine mercy. So certainly there's just this tremendous connection. And obviously the sisters um, coming, you know, they were Polish, <laughs> um, at least Sister Faustina was, and there was this common identity that, that these two saints, uh, St. Saint John Paul and St. Faustina, shared, um, living, you know, at different, in, in uh, different eras, slightly different eras, but, but really sharing so much um, that helped their country but the world. So the sisters there um, now, are they, are they mostly from Poland? Are they coming from all over the world? Tell us a little bit more about the order. Yeah, you know, that was something that interested me as well. And Sister Inga, who I talked to, is actually Slovakian. Okay. And she talked about, yes, some of the sisters in D.C. are Polish, but there are some American. And um, I think in in Massachusetts, there's uh, some Filipina sisters as well as Polish and then from other parts of Europe as well. And so, yeah, it was interesting. It sounded like there was actually quite the... Um, the diversity in the in the order representing <laughs> um, I mean, the universal, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah, yeah. It had drawn drawn many in with the the message of mercy. I mean, she talked about her her own vocation, um, at least in part, uh, having to do with just reading reading the diary of Saint Faustina. Absolutely. So, what are some of the things uh, from your conversation with Sister Inga, um, and and even from your own uh, research and study, uh, uh, that we should know messages of divine mercy that we should know as we approach Divine Mercy Sunday? Yeah. So, one thing that really struck me, both talking to Sister Inga and just looking into this more, is I think I had thought of Divine Mercy in relation to the the Novena, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and thought, oh, these are all there's just all these prayers that you can do, and um, you know I'd have to look into to how to do those prayers. And but something Sister Inga emphasized to me was how simple this message is. She said, you know, the it's it's just the Lord saying, I'm love and mercy itself, and you can trust me. She said, that's the main, she says, that's it. That's the main message, you know? And she, she, she was saying, it's not complicated. It's not, <laughs> but it's really, it's this emphasis on the Lord uh, is, is love and mercy. And you, you have to trust in that. You have to trust in his mercy and embrace that. And um, and all these things, you know, the, the chaplet of divine mercy, um, the, the novenas, these prayers, they all center around that. They all are just 
you know, trying to internalize and embrace that. And, um, you know, the, the messages she, she said, you know, this is already in scriptures. This is <laughs> this message of mercy. And, and she even talked about how, how sinners approached Christ and, um, you know, they did so with, you know, in scriptures, these encounters he, he has with sinners there, they are, they really encounter his mercy and his love and, it's just something that's so vital to remember that that's there, that his mercy and his love are there. So that was one thing that was really moving to me to just hear that emphasis of, okay, don't think of it just as like these extra prayers. This is a message of mercy and love, you know, just Absolutely. that part of it. Absolutely. <laughs> the, yeah. Oh, well, no. And then another part of that too, that, that struck me was with divine mercy Sunday, um, I, I had thought, oh, you, you have to do the novena starting on Good Friday and, you know, you have to go to confession. There's all these conditions. And um, Sister Inga was like, no, 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 oh, <laughs> Divine Mercy Sunday to get the graces there, which are incredible graces. It's like a, kind of going back to a, a clean slate with with past sins. Um, all you have to do is be, be in a state of grace to receive communion. So have gone to confession recently enough so that you're in that, you know, proper state to receive communion, but to receive communion on that day itself on divine mercy Sunday, or, you know, on the vigil mass, the Saturday vigil mass, but, um, to, to do that with, with trust, with sincere trust in God's mercy. And that's, that's it. And I mean, she's called the novena preparation, you know, preparation for that. Um, because it's good to prepare your heart and, and your soul to receive graces like that. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I learned there, oh, okay, this is, <laughs> this well, is something that's so accessible. <laughs> this sounds, this sounds like for you and probably for many of us, uh, the important message is simple. Uh, and it is that the Lord is inviting us to trust in him and the divine mercy image ha has that very those very words on it, Jesus, I trust in you. And so with that in mind, uh, I think we should enter uh, this celebration in simplicity. Yes, if we have prepared, great. But if not, then simply to have that in mind, Jesus, I trust in you. And realize that this mercy can change hearts. I learned uh, at the start of this show that our producer, Jeff Burson, we, we owe uh, his grace, you know, uh, being uh, our producer now and working for EW10 to Divine Mercy. That's what led to his conversion. So we thank God for those who have been touched by mercy. And we invite many others to receive this mercy. They can go to our website, ncregistered.com, for a lot more information on Divine Mercy Sunday, the chaplet, and Sister Faustina. Thanks for joining us here on Register Radio and EWTN. I'm Jeanette DeMello, and... Until next week, I pray God bless you. For more information about the National Catholic Register and about Register Radio, go to ncregister.com. Podcasts of Register Radio are posted on ncregister.com and on ewtn.com. Join us next week at this time for Register Radio on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.